0: Well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year. Finally. Yes. We can act. Okay. Like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music. Now that Thanksgiving's over.
1: Jingle bells. Jingle. Yes.
0: Uh, it's our holiday sale here at full focus. Oh, and we have some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got, uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site wide,
3: I'm Megan Hyatt Miller.
2: And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And today, we're going to tell you why you need a business coach.
3: Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because people sometimes resist the idea that they need a coach, even when all the signs are there. Um, But sometimes I think you realize that you've grown as far as you can go, and you're wondering, like, what am I going to do next? You know, is somebody going to find me out? You kind of have that imposter syndrome. But unfortunately for a lot of us, we get so busy in the day-to-day operations of our business that it's really hard to think about strategy. And it's hard to think about kind of what our plan is to go to the next level.
2: Yeah. And so today we're going to show you the way out of that dilemma. And we've got three reasons you
4: need to hire a coach. And Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. I know that you both have a coach that you uh, consult with, but something like two thirds of CEOs get no coaching or no leadership advice. They're all inside their own head. Now, does that surprise you that so many people don't have a coach? I don't find it surprising, but
2: I do kind of find it stupid. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I got to tell you a story. So. Back about 20 years ago, and I've told part of this story before, but I haven't told the part I'm about to tell very much, and that is that I ended up turning around a division that was a part of Thomas Nelson Publishers, and that division was dead last in every metric over the course of 18 months. We turned it from dead last, 14 out of 14, to number one in all the important metrics. But I felt like I was out of tricks. I'd kind of applied all the best stuff I knew, and I thought, you know, I'm not sure I can stay on top. I'm not sure how to take it to the next level. I'm pretty sure that if I'm not continuing to grow and expand that I'm going to go backwards. And that scared me. So I went to John Maxwell, who was one of my authors, kind of my de facto coach. And I said, John, I feel like I need a coach. And it wasn't because I needed remedial help. That's the key thing. I wasn't looking for a coach because, you know, I was failing. I was looking for a coach because I was succeeding. So John recommended to me Daniel Harkavy at Building Champions. And Daniel and I had a very successful, coaching relationship for a number of years, but I've had a coach ever since. But when I went to Sam Moore, who was my boss at the time, and I was trying to make the case for why the company should hire me a coach, he was like totally dumbfounded. He said, why do you need a coach? He said, you're running the top performing you know, business in our, in our company. Why do you need a coach? And I said, well, Sam, even Tiger Woods has a coach. And at the time, he was the top golfer in the world. And I said, every important athlete that's successful has a coach and I want to stay at the top. I want to continue to perform. In fact, I want to go to the next level. And he kind of laughed and he said, okay, you know, you've made your case. Let's give it a try. And we did. And it was one of the best investments he made. And I think it's one of the best investments I've continued to make as I've, I've had my own company.
4: Well, we're talking about three reasons you need a coach and you've brought us, Michael, right to the very first one. Reason number one is that you need a coach to reach the next level. Yeah. You don't need a
2: coach if you're happy where you are. If you don't need a change, if you don't want to go to the next level, you do not need a coach. If you want to just keep running your business, just like you've always run it and you're happy with that. You don't need a coach. You only need a coach if you want something to change. If you need skills or knowledge or experience that you don't have and you want somebody from the outside in to help you get to the next level.
3: I think one of the things that happens for leaders a lot that you exhaust all your best thinking and all your tricks kind of in your first big run of success And then it's time to go to the next level. And that imposter syndrome starts to set in like, okay, I'm out of tricks now. I don't know any more than I've already done. And I have to go somewhere that I've never been. You know, I don't have the skills I need. I don't have the thinking I need. I don't have the relationships that I need. And yet the expectations are higher than they've ever been. And I think it's just important to realize at that point that you don't have within yourself what you need to get to the next level. It doesn't mean you can't get there. It just means you can't get there alone.
2: So true. I like the way Dan Sullivan says it. What got you out of Egypt
4: won't get you into the promised land. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Tiger Woods as well, because there's a great story about Martina Navratilova, the great tennis player, uh, who in the 70s had defected from what's now Czech and come to the US and was a contender, but not a champion. And then by 1981, she was just completely dominant person in the world of tennis. She was the women's tennis player. And someone asked her what made the difference. And guess what she said? I'm guessing coaching. I got a coach. She she realized she didn't have a coach like every other player did or many others did. And she credits that with upping her performance to the championship level.
2: Yeah. I think whenever you're trying to beat the odds, when you're in stiff competition, a coach can really help you. And those situations, like in sports, the competition is obvious, but in business, We're competing all the time, too, and we need to edge against that. This is an interesting set of stats that are kind of frightening. So according to the Department of Commerce, entrepreneurs start 4 million new businesses a year in the U.S. 80% of those will fail within the first five years. Of those that survive, 80% of those will fail in the next five years, Here's what that means. There's a 96% chance of failure in the first 10 years. Good grief. Yeah. So if you're a business owner, these are the odds that are stacked against you. Or to turn it around, you only got a 4% chance of succeeding. Hmm. So this is important why you need a, a coach, something that'll give you an edge against those kinds of odds so you can win.
3: And very often what is going to take you down isn't going to be that you didn't have the right pricing or you weren't in the right market or the product wasn't quite right. So often it's some blind spot that you have as a leader that you're not even aware of. And that's why it's so critical to have somebody on the outside who can see what you don't see and help to direct you in a different direction because so much failure is a result of getting in our own way.
4: That's really good. I want to go back to uh, something you mentioned in your story about turning that division around that your boss at the time couldn't see a reason for you to have a coach. And he thought maybe it was only if there's a problem. And Megan, do you feel like that's kind of the dominant view now that, that leaders think, well, I only need a coach if I have a problem or my executive that I'm bringing along only needs a coach if they're really messing up?
3: No, it's funny that you say that because that's not even a perception that I was aware of. You know, when I think about my uh, direct reports, most of whom are are close to my own age or my peers. In the industry, I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's become a status symbol. You know, if you have a coach, it must be because you have a big vision and you think you're going to need, you know, the best kind of uh, coaching and support to get there. I don't think there's any stigma attached to it um, among younger leaders. I think maybe that's kind of a holdover from a different time. But um, no, I, I think coaching is seen as as really positive. And in fact, now more than ever, people have coaches for everything, whether it's health coaching or pet training or music or hobbies. I mean, there's there's hardly anything where you can't find a coach.
2: It, it does seem to me, though, that this may be an age thing, because I know a lot of people in my generation see it as something that you would only do if you needed remedial help. You know, if you were suffering a problem, if you were failing, you need a coach to try to salvage you. But I do think that's completely shifted. And it certainly, as Megan was pointed out, has shifted in a lot of other areas. You know, like I, I try to hire a coach anywhere I need help. So, you know, I've had a fitness trainer for years. That's a kind of coach, right? So I'm currently taking Native American flute lessons from somebody that's a world-renowned expert. And and the reason why is, if I want to go to the next level, I need expert help. You know, I could figure it out on my own, and I could do it a lot cheaper figuring it out on my own, but it's going to take a lot lot longer. Now, if I don't learn to play the Native American flute, there's probably no negative consequence for my life. In fact, there may be a positive thing for the people that have to hear me practice. (laughs) But if I don't succeed in business, then everybody suffers. You know, I suffer, my family suffers, the people that are working for me suffer, the community suffers, people that are, you know, the recipients of the products that we produce suffer. So there's a lot more at stake. So I think that would argue for even more strongly for
4: a coach. Well, interestingly, when the impetus to hire a coach comes from higher up, that is from the board or from higher executives asking a junior executive to get a coach, normally it's because of a problem yeah. according mm-hmm. to the research. But nearly 80% of executives who have coaches took it on themselves to find them. Yeah. So nobody's going to push you to do this unless they think you're screwing up.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, that's
4: a good point. That's a good point. And I think that
2: One way to keep from being assigned a coach in a remedial situation is to hire a coach on your own so you never get in that situation.
3: That's right. That's a really good point. So here are some signs that you might need a coach to get to the next level. Okay, I like these. First of all, uh, that you feel overwhelmed and you're not sure where to focus. I mean, who among us hasn't had that feeling at one point or another? You keep missing your goals or uh, maybe you just don't really have any significant goals. Your professional and personal life are unbalanced and you're working way too much. Your sales have stalled or your margins have eroded. You're not quite sure that you have the right people on the bus. Your hiring process feels uh, risky or unpredictable. Your competitors are getting more aggressive and you're fighting harder than ever to acquire and retain customers. And you know you need to grow professionally in order to lead your organization to the next level.
2: And the one I would add is if you've just come off a great success and you're not quite sure how you're going to replicate it.
3: Right. Or if you're stepping into a new opportunity.
2: That's good, too. And
3: you're really kind of in over your head.
2: Well, guys, if you want to drill down on this, I want to encourage you to take our free business health assessment. It'll evaluate your business based on seven metrics. And this is an awesome assessment. We've had over 10,000 business owners and senior uh, executives take this with amazing insight. It gives a personalized score on strengths and weakness, and it offers real clarity on where you need to grow and where you could probably
4: use the help of a coach. Yeah. And that assessment, the business health assessment is available right now at lead2.win slash health, or you can just check the show notes from today's episode at lead2.win. Well, coaching is about reaching the next level, so if you want to get there, you're going to need one. And reason two, you need a coach because you don't know it all. Boy, that's an
2: understatement. Yeah. (laughs) But the worst part of it is, is we feel like we have to know it all. And the truth is, you can't know it all. The world's changing so fast. If your business is growing, you know the risk is that it's going to outgrow you. There's stuff you need to know sooner rather than later. In fact, if you don't know that stuff, it's going to cost you way more than a coach does. So yeah, you don't know it all and that's okay. That's the power of hiring a coach.
3: You know, even if you have a business degree or an MBA, there is so much that you're not going to learn in school. I mean, it's kind of astonishing actually. For example, how to set and achieve clear goals. I mean, that's not something that any of us learned in school. No. Um, And then more importantly, how to translate those goals into daily actions to drive results and then align your team around it. That whole concept of alignment is so critical and, you know, can be really elusive To a lot of us. And
2: it's so necessary for execution. If you don't have an aligned team, what you get is a lot of sideways energy Mm -hmm. without execution.
3: Yeah. And then how to stay focused on your most important priorities and how to find, hire, and develop world-class teammates. You know, that is so hard. Um, I think that many people fail because they don't get the right people on their team or they don't get the wrong people off their team fast enough. That can be a really tough thing. I'm sure this
2: is taught in some business schools, but it is kind of astonishing that We have so many people involved in our coaching program with MBAs. Some right. of them even with PhDs and leadership development, all the rest, but they don't get this kind of practical stuff that a coach can give you.
3: Mm-hmm. And then how to build culture that drives operating results. Right. This is a huge one. Another one that is so rarely taught in a formal environment, you know, an educational environment. But if you have a toxic culture or just an unconscious culture, your ability to move the needle and drive results and retain people is going to be nearly impossible.
2: Well, the reason that's important, like we always say, you know, culture is that invisible force that drives operating results, right. and. If you're unaware of it, you're not driving operating results like you could or should.
3: Mm -hmm. How to delegate. This is a big one. I mean, one of the first Mm -hmm. things that you're going to experience if you're successful is overwhelm and you cannot continue to do the things that you've always done and just keep adding to your responsibilities over the years or you're just going to get buried. Uh, How to find new customers and retain the ones you have and how to learn from failure so that it fuels your future success. Because that's kind of where we start picking up those beliefs and messages about ourselves that are really detrimental over time. And they, they kind of sneak up on us and can take us down.
2: Well, I think that's been one of the most helpful things to me over the years as I've talked with my coach. One of the things I love about having a coach is I have, like we say in the South, somebody who doesn't really have a dog in the hunt. You know, In other words, they're just in it for me. They're just there to talk to me. They're not you know, angling for something that some decision I'm going to make on their behalf or give them what they want. But they're just there to, to kind of reflect and help me process stuff. And one of the biggest things is failure. Because if you're growing, if you're pursuing big goals, it's inevitable that you're going to fail. You're not going to hit all your goals. If you are hitting all your goals, your goals aren't risky enough. So you're going to experience failure. But if you don't process that in the right way, in a healthy way, that's going to become, like you said, it's going to sort of uh, metastasize into a kind of limiting belief that's gonna hold you back from trying big things in the future. But with the right coach, you know, when you properly process failure, that's gonna enable you to use that to get even better. In fact, I would say that that failure is kind of the seedbed from which future growth comes, mm-hmm. but only if you process it properly.
3: You know, one of the things that we didn't say earlier, but that's also true kind of under this umbrella of you can't know it all, is that you You can't know it all, but you also, in in the context of leadership, who can you talk to about that? Right. You know, you can't go to the people that report to you and say, ah, I'm really struggling because I just don't feel like I know everything I need to know about this. I'm not sure I can lead us to the next level. You know, you can't, you can't say that to your team, but you need a safe place where you can admit your struggles, where you can be sure. honest, where um, you aren't dealing with a team full of people who have something to gain um, from your favor, you know, where you don't have that, uh, you don't have that person internally that doesn't have mm-hmm. the dog in the hunt. And so it can not only be lonely at the top, but it can also be dangerous if you don't have people outside of your organization, that you don't have a coach that can guide you um, and and speak into your, your business and your leadership in a way that no one else inside your organization can.
4: Well, on the point of learning, here's something interesting for you. Uh, Harvard Business Review recently published their list of the top 100 top-performing CEOs, companies whose names you would recognize, and some you wouldn't, but very high-performing companies. And here's the thing, 61% of them do not have an MBA. Mm -hmm. That didn't surprise me. The formal education is good, but not everything. Mm -hmm. It's what you learn after you know it all that really kind of counts. Most of our learning is real-life learning. It's trial and error. It is trial and error, and it's a lot of failure, and it's
2: often three steps forward, two steps back. But the issue of failure, it doesn't have to be your failure. You can outsource your mistakes. (laughs) You'll make your own mistakes, but you don't have to make the obvious ones that someone else has made and learned from. And that's the value of a coach, particularly a coach that has experience across an array of industries where they don't see with the same sort of myopic viewpoint that you have inside of your industry. And I remember back when I was in the publishing business, and it's it's absolutely true for the kind of business I'm in now, but you tend to see things through a, a set of presuppositions or limiting beliefs. And when you talk to people that are in the same industry, the problem is they have the same limiting beliefs. Everybody's looking through the same set of spectacles, as it were. But a coach who has experience across a, a broader array of industries can bring to you insights and mistakes and lessons that were learned for those other industries that you can apply to your own situation, and it really helps you leapfrog the competition and get to where you want to go faster.
4: Well, according to David Larker of the Stanford Graduate School of Business, uh, there's a relationship between coaching and getting to the top when an executive believes in continuous learning and development. These are the kinds of chief executives that seek out a number of coaches and advisors to help them. Hmm. Makes sense. Reason number one you need a coach is to get to the next level. Reason number two that you need a coach because you can't know it all. That brings us to reason number three. You have to work on your business, not just in it.
3: Yeah, you know, this is one of the things that we hear most from our coaching clients is that they're struggling with finding the time to work on their business to strategize, to goal set, to set vision, because they're so consumed with the day-to-day operations of running their company. And that's really, really common. And it's challenging if you uh, are trying to get that time while you're, you're in the day to day, it's almost never going to happen. You really need to set aside time for that. And uh, you know, if you want to grow your business, you kind of need two things. You need outside perspective. That's not your own. Mm -hmm. And you need time to think. I think the more successful you become, the bigger your business gets the less time you have to think. And the great thing about coaching is that it gives you the opportunity to have both, that outside perspective and time to think. You're getting out of your business, you have outside stimuli, and all of a sudden you have thoughts that you didn't even know were in there that are really important.
2: You know, this outside perspective, I heard a fitting metaphor for this the other day. Somebody said it's like trying to read the label from inside the bottle.
3: Oh, that's good. Isn't that
2: good? And so, I mean, you need an outside-in perspective, somebody that can kind of see – uh, you know, how it all fits together. Another illustration I heard is it's like looking at the backside of a tapestry. Uh-huh. It looks like a whole bunch of yarn that doesn't fit together. Right. But when you get on the right side of it, you can kind of see the design and how it all fits together.
3: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to our Coaching program and sat there and had some problem that I was struggling with, usually something related to people, you know, a hire that I needed to make or somebody I needed to move around or uh, something that I needed to delegate and get off my plate, but for whatever reason just hadn't done it. And as I sat there and I kind of worked through some sort of exercise, all of a sudden I had a total breakthrough and it became clear and I left knowing exactly what I needed to do. And it's almost like I came in getting, you know, like 80% of the way to the breakthrough, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't get the last. 20%. I was too stuck in my own thinking, in my own context, and somehow getting that outside input, getting out of the business created that breakthrough, and I left able to go execute on something that helped us take a quantum leap forward.
2: Yeah, the first time I ever heard about this concept was in Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, and I think it's now called The E-Myth Revisited because it's been revised a few times, but he talks about working on the business, not just in the business, and I think this is a huge, hugely helpful concept. Um, I've done this in the past by just trying to set aside time for like a quarterly retreat and that, but I think that that's good for thinking time, but it misses the outside perspective. Well, that's a missing element.
3: The other thing that happens too, when you're on your own, at least this happens for me, you know, I'm very operationally oriented in this season of my career. I'm running our business. I have a lot of direct reports, a lot of problems to solve. Sometimes when I get away on my own, all I can think about are problems you know mm-hmm. and and they're not really like big big existential problems that are probably the ones i really need to be thinking about they're they're kind of just like tactical issues that need to be solved yeah. it's sort of like my mind is racing and so oftentimes the value of coaching is that someone's asking you the right questions yes. i don't always know the right questions to ask myself but a coach knows the right questions to ask to get me to those important topics that otherwise would remain ignored
2: kind of goes to that that presupposition that I think good coaches operate with, and that is you have all the resources inside of you that you need, but you have a difficult time excavating those without help.
3: Right. It's like they're buried.
2: That's right. And so a, a, a coach comes with a metaphorical shovel and just helps you dig. Right. And helps you get to what it is you want. So some of those questions
3: might be things like, how do you want your business to look in three to five years?
2: Important question.
3: Really important. And it's going to be the foundation of your goal setting and the projects you say yes to and so many other things. And if you don't have that question answered, it's a real problem. Mm -hmm. How can you engineer your own role so that you're doing more of the things in your desire zone and less everywhere else? Meaning those things that are your greatest passion and proficiency, where you add the most value to your business. That becomes a struggle the more successful you get. You can get sucked back into things that are lower leverage and ultimately undermines your success and the company's success.
2: I remember I've had this conversation several times with my coaches over the years. You know, where is the best place to apply my attention, my energy, my resources? And that shifts. You know, that's different based on the context of the business, based on my level of responsibility, based on my growing proficiency in various areas. So yeah, it's a question that has to be asked on a regular basis.
3: Mm And then what about your company culture? What needs to happen to make it better? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one that feels like it's never urgent until it's on fire.
4: Yeah, <laughs> And you exactly. can avoid a
3: lot of fires if you ask that ahead of time. You know, is your compensation package sufficient to attract and retain top talent? That whole question around talent, you know, what's it going to take to have the kind of talent in your company to take you to the next level? You know, that's a complicated question to answer.
2: Well, and right now at the time we're recording this, there is full employment. I mean, virtually. Right. You know, we're competing for every person... Uh, that we hire people have options, and so if we don't have sort of an outside in perspective to tool that up and really make our offer attractive, we're not going to get the people. I mean, somebody wrote a book called the war on talent, and that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. or the war for talent.
3: Yep, and then what new customers or markets could benefit from your products? And then what processes do you have that need to be kind of reengineered at your current level of scale? You know, to be really efficient, because otherwise you're going to use human resources where you don't need to, and it's going to bog you down and become too complicated and too expensive. You know, those are just a handful of questions. There's so many, but these are not the questions that we're asking ourselves on a regular basis. You really need someone with a 30,000 foot view with more experience than you have to point you in the right direction.
4: Megan, how long have you been in a coaching relationship, a business coaching relationship?
3: I think about five years, right?
4: Mm -hmm. four or five years. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how often do you consult with or meet with your coach?
3: On a quarterly basis. For? For a whole day. Mm -hmm. A
4: full day. Yes. And is that right here in the Nashville area?
3: It's not. So you
4: travel for that? I do travel. So it takes you, I'm guessing, three days of uh, yeah. real time
3: yeah unless I'm really putting my foot to the gas and come home right afterwards yeah but actually I like to do it over three days because i like to go in the night before get a good night's sleep you know be uh, in my workshop for the whole day and then the next day because my dad and I do it together we spend the whole next day together in the hotel processing what we've learned and specifically talking about how we're going to take it back and apply it to our business and, I, and that's a little pro tip for you um, that if you're if you're in a coaching program blocking the next day, after your uh, coaching intensive is so helpful because what happens when you go back to your business is you get sucked back into business as usual. You know, there are probably problems that have happened while you're away. People need your decisions on things. And if you can just tell them you're unavailable for that following day, you will make more progress in that day following your intensive than you probably will in the next two and a half months.
2: Hmm. Here's a pro tip kind of related to that. If you're in one-on-one coaching, book time in addition to your appointment. Like I used I did one-on-one coaching for years and it was like a 45 minute appointment. And then I would book another hour after that meeting just to process that. So I didn't just get right back into the whirlwind
4: and forget everything that we talked Mm -hmm. about, which is easy to do. Yeah. And when you were in a one-on-one coaching relationship, Michael, about how frequently did you meet with your coach? Uh, Every two weeks. Every two weeks. Yep. Every two weeks for 45 minutes. Now That's a lot of time. Either way you slice that, yep. that's a lot of time out of your life. Give me your one best reason why that's worth the investment. Just the time, let alone the fees.
3: Um, I could probably give you a lot of reasons. The truth is once you've done it, you can't imagine not doing it. Um, the breakthroughs that you get and what you walk away with and you're able to apply to your business have exponential return. You know, you make an investment of a day or two days and what you get back is so much greater than that. You could never get there on your own. You know, if you, if you set little one hour appointments with yourself and you're going to just you not know read a book or whatever, it's just not the same. You getting out of your business is incredibly valuable and in getting that outside input. I don't, think there's any substitute for it.
2: I think the conversation part of that is really important too, but, but to use a Stephen Covey model, maybe to apply it in a different way than he did, it's an opportunity to, to sharpen the saw. Mm -hmm. So instead of just constantly grinding, you know, trying to cut wood with a saw and then it gets duller and it gets harder, you know, to take time away and say, Hey, I'm going to sharpen the saw so that I can get back in to be more efficient. And I think that's part of what coaching does for you.
3: I like that example because I think so often what we do, particularly when you're facing problems, and if you're a leader, part of your job is constantly facing and solving problems, is that we use just brute force. You know, we, yes. we are really good at trying hard and working hard. And we just double down when something's hard and and figure that we can get through with brute force. And in reality, what we need is a, a very sharp instrument to cut through. And I think that's what you get from coaching.
2: That's right. A
4: breakthrough. Breakthrough. Well, today we've learned that you need a coach for three reasons. One, you need a coach to take you to the next level. Two, you need a coach because you don't know it all. And three, you need a coach because you have to work on your business, not just in it. Final thoughts today?
3: If you haven't ever tried coaching or maybe you've had a bad experience with coaching, I just want to encourage you that there is a program or a coach out there for you that's relevant to your season of business and and leadership, and nothing is going to help you develop faster. Um, To me, one of the things I love the most is that as you are developing, you don't have to do it alone. You know, the pressure's not all on you to figure out everything you need to figure out to be successful. There are outside resources, and all you have to do is find the right coach, and you're set up for success.
2: Well said. And I would just say we have our own coaching program, Business Accelerator. You can find out more at businessaccelerator.com, but that's not what this episode is about. What we're trying to get across is that you need a coach. In my almost 20 years of having a coach, it's been the single most important variable in my success. And it's important that you get a coach. If you want to succeed, again, if you don't want to change, you don't need a coach, but I would really encourage you to consider it, whether it's our program or somebody else's, get a coach. It will make a difference.
4: Well, this episode is going to push some of us to get out of our comfort zones today. And probably that's a good thing. So thank you both for the insight. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Megan. And thanks to all
2: of you for joining us today. And we'll see you right here next week. Until then, lead to win. and that's what this episode's going to be about.
4: Okay, so <laughs> world's longest Little, pause. Yeah. Little underwhelming, yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. Are, are you done, Michael? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: all right Ken do you know what's happening right now
1: no I have no idea (laughs) well
0: first of all it's your favorite time of year finally yes we can act okay like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over
1: jingle bells jingle yes
0: Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus oh and we have some really awesome deals going on especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals this is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year and so we have got uh, some awesome deals so we've got 10% off site wide Um, we've got where you can get a free um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscription that you sign up for so these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug
1: (laughs) wow you already put them on your Stanley mug and if you got them them
0: if you got them on Black Friday these are different these are these are gonna be new for the new year Uh, But they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them.